Hello, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Live, the Christmas party edition, the third uh, edition of our our party. Uh, we've now been going almost three years. It will be four years uh, next year. Today, we've got a Christmas quiz for you, whether you're watching this on YouTube, uh, listening to this on Spotify. And I'm handing you over to Deep and Darkest uh, uh, Dorset to my friend uh, Godfrey Lancashire. Godfrey, are you there? I'm here and very happy Christmas, Derek, and to all our friends all around the world on Monday Night Live. Lovely to see everybody. And this is a bit of fun. There are 10 questions, something for everybody. I call it Around the World in 80 Days. It's very informal, very easy. All you need is some paper and a pen because you're going to be on your Scout's Honor. No cheating, no Google, no Siri, Tim, no devices. No phone a friend, no ask the host. This is all down to you. And uh, 10 questions. Uh, no shouting out the answers. Just write them down. And here we go. Number one. Which is the driest place on earth? Which is the driest place on earth? Question two, uh, easy for our American friends. I hope all of them get this one right. Out of what material is the Statue of Liberty made? I see some worried faces. Out of what material is the Statue of Liberty made? Question three. Which is the largest landlocked country in the world? I'm sure you all know what I mean by landlocked. Which is the largest landlocked country in the world? Around the world we go. Question four. Which European city was once known as Byzantium. Which European city was once known as Byzantium? Question five, moving on. What is the capital of Australia? What is the capital of Australia? Number six, where would you find an ATM machine? That's a cash machine. Where would you find an ATM machine that offers transactions in Latin? Okay. Uh, Number seven, in which African country is that well-known city of Timbuktu? In which African country is Timbuktu? Number eight, again, an easy one for our American friends. But there are five parts to the question, and you need all five to get a point. 
Name the five boroughs of New York City. The five boroughs of New York City. Well, it's quiet, isn't it? There's some serious thinking here. Question nine, almost there. Question nine. Which country has the largest coastline in the world? Which country has the largest coastline in the world? And finally, question 10. In what year was the Channel Tunnel opened? And that is the tunnel that links England to France under the English Channel. In what year was the Channel Tunnel opened? That was question 10. And that completes our little quiz. And now I'll go to the answers. No cheating. You can mark your own. Don't get your sons and daughters involved. <laughs> and here we go. The driest place on earth, Antarctica. Somebody mentioned it in our chat. Have we got a few got that right? Antarctica, well done. Apparently the dry valley of Antarctica hasn't had rain for 2 million years. Wow. I misunderstood. I thought you meant places where you couldn't buy alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, number two, out of what material is the Statue of Liberty made? Of course, we all know the answer is copper. There is a local Dorset connection. The plinth on which it is built out of stone is Portland stone that was quarried only about eight miles from where I live. The statue itself is made of copper. Number three, the largest landlocked country in the world. It's a good one. Kazakhstan. Ooh, maybe one or two got that. Kazakhstan. Number four, once known as Byzantium. It is, of course, Istanbul. Good. There's a few thumbs going up, few smiles. Number five, capital of Australia. Easy one. Canberra. Might have caught a few people out. Number six, where would you find an ATM machine that offers transactions in Latin? Can work this out. The Vatican. Yeah. Not Latin few America. More, few more rum rolls. The Vatican. Number seven, Timbuktu is in Mali. Mali. Number eight, the five boroughs of New York City, the Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and often forgotten Staten Island. You need all five for a point. Quizmaster's decision is final. <laughs> Number nine, the country with the largest coastline in the world, Canada. Oh. Oh, Canada. Think of all the islands. And 
Number 10, the Channel Tunnel opened in 1994. Derek's given us a thumbs up, 1994. So there we are, fun little quiz. Now, all I need to know, how many of you got all 10? Oh, nobody. <laughs> All 10 right or all 10 wrong? <laughs> Did anybody get nine? No nines, Godfrey. No nines. Derek's looking. My spotter is looking with me. No nines. It's got to be close now. Anybody with eight? No. Okay. Seven. No. Wow. No. <laughs> okay. Got to be a this lot. Good, this is a good quiz, Godfrey. Six. six. Oh wow, Godfrey, you got some good questions oh. there. <laughs> and I saw so many smiles and thumbs up. Okay, look, fifty percent, five. Yes, Jill, I can see. Oh, Jill, the winner. And I have to tell you that the prize, Jill, is a beer with me. <laughs> Uh, okay, four. Oh, yeah, we got lots here. So second prize is, that's a coffee with Derek. Sorry, that's all he'll offer. And um, three. Third prize, that's two coffees with Derek. <laughs> okay, well done. Bit of fun. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, everybody, for taking part. Godfrey, thanks. Thanks very much well done, indeed well for done. doing the quiz. I hope if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this on Spotify, um, you got more than our uh, invited studio audience. Uh, I'm now going to pass over to my friend, Tim Durkin in Texas, known as Texas Tim, with his uh, Stetson on. Tim, you're going to surprise us with some phrases that are used in the USA that perhaps we don't know in the UK or in, other, in Europe or other parts of the world. Over to you, Tim. Well, thanks very much, Derek, and hello, everyone. I just want to go through a few phrases, but I think there may be some that you are either familiar with um, or use in a different way. Um, the first one is flake, F-L-A-K-E. Flake, um, it, it, you typically say, when somebody is invited to something and they don't show up, that's called flaking off. Um, but a person who is deemed to be unserious, um, uh, unusual, um, is also deemed to be a flake. So flaking off is the verb means not to show up. A flake is, uh, I don't know what you call them in, in, um, in the UK, but... Uh, it's it's definitely not a compliment. It's an unserious person. Uh, another one that you probably don't have is uh, going postal. And going postal means to lose your temper and to get very angry. And um, it has a sordid history. There was a time in the U.S. Um, well, 20, 30 years ago when there was a spat of people that work for the United States Postal Service that um, went, uh, went postal and they, they actually hurt people. And, and so, but anyway, going postal means to lose your temper. The next one is jonesing. Um, jonesing came from the world of drug addiction, which meant that if somebody was trying to 
get either get drugs or go off drugs and they were in withdrawal or they were really missing something that was called jonesing it um it doesn't mean keeping up with the joneses like keeping up with your neighbors jonesing means to crave um now it's out of the well they still talk about it in addiction uh circles but uh, it's really become very commonplace it's like when I saw Craig Adams sitting outside the Cafe Buena Vista, I started jonesing for Irish coffee, which was invented there. And it's a remarkably good drink uh, that I haven't had in years. So um, jonesing means to crave something that like um, I'm jonesing for ice cream. I'm jonesing for a good burger. Um, I'm jonesing for a pint, whatever. Um, going Dutch, I think that translates to both areas. Going Dutch means to split the bill. Um, if you go out to dinner uh, or go out to lunch, you would just say to somebody, is it okay? Or would you like to go Dutch? Or let's go to lunch, let's go to dinner, and let's, let's go Dutch. It means um, we'll pay for our own share. Um, there's one that I know you don't have in the uh, UK, and uh, Carl and uh, and Craig will understand this one. It's called to Monday morning quarterback. Monday morning quarterback is it comes from the United States or the American football. Most of the games in American football for a long time, all of the games were played on a Sunday. And if your team lost, or even in some cases if they won, the talk at in the workplace around what, what we call around the water cooler would be to second guess what the coach did or what the players did. For example, yesterday, Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys played a team that they were supposed to beat and were indeed leading a good bit. And... Uh, lost it in extra time or what we call overtime. Believe me, there are a lot of people that are Monday morning quarterbacking uh, the Dallas Cowboys and saying Dak, the quarterback, the key player, shouldn't have thrown that pass that got intercepted and returned for the winning score. So Monday morning quarterback is second guessing someone. Um, you can even do it for Gregor. You can even do it in basketball. Uh, Gregor's a great basketball fan, but if uh, if Luka Doncic, a, a very famous player in the States, made a mistake, you could Monday morning quarterback and said he never should have tried that shot, even if it, it Monday morning quarterback is second guessing. All right. Um, the nosebleed section is that section in arenas or stadiums that are very high up where the players on the field or the pitch look like ants. It's so high up that the air, it, it comes from so high up the air is thin, your blood is thin, you start nose bleeding. I believe, uh, Godfrey helped me with this, it's up there in the gods, or in, in the, is there a phrase similar yeah, to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then um, one of the things that if you have four people or five people getting into a car to go someplace, especially a long trip, that everybody knows who the driver is, but nobody's quite sure whether you're going to sit in the front seat or the back seat. So you say, I've got shotgun. I've got shotgun doesn't mean I have 
a shotgun. It simply means I want to sit, I call that I'm going to sit next to the driver in the front seat because in the back seat, it'll be crowded and people will be touching each other and so on and so forth. So the most comfortable seat in a car is what is the passenger seat, front passenger seat, and it's called riding shotgun. And it does come from the wild west. When they would um, ride stagecoaches, drive stagecoaches, they were subject to thieves and swindlers, horse thieves, you know, Wells Fargo, the bank would have a lot of gold on there. And they would always put somebody next to the driver who would hold a small double barrel shotgun. And that person's job was to dissuade anybody who thought they might want to rob that coach or rob the people that were in the stagecoach. I, I actually have one um, on a wall. It's a, it's a very, very old one. And um, the only other one that I, I thought you might be interested in um, was behind the eight ball. Behind the eight ball means you're behind or you're in trouble or you things aren't working out for you. You're kind of behind the eight ball. And, to, and another one is to talk turkey. Talk turkey means to get down to business. You start a negotiation with somebody, you get social, how are the kids? Did you see what the Gunners did this weekend? How about that World Cup game? Wasn't that amazing? Um, well, let, yeah, now let's talk turkey, which means we're going to talk about the business at hand. And um, the other thing um, is, is there's a very, there's one word that is the same to, bo to both our sides, but has vastly different meanings. If I'm in a pub in England and somebody says he's really pissed, that means he's drunk. In the US, if you say somebody is pissed, that means they're very angry. And that's a precursor to going postal. Oh man, he's really pissed. Or I'm really pissed about that. It means I'm very upset about that. So uh, like how I feel about Brittany Griner trade. Uh, or for, uh, okay, I'm really uh, upset about that. And uh, that, that's uh, that's the start of the line. I guess you all know what up, uh, up the wazoo means. Up the, somebody's up the wazoo or out the wazoo. You don't know what the wazoo means? It's described something in great quantity. That guy's got money coming up the wazoo. Okay. It just, um, it, it doesn't mean what you might think it means, um, but it, it's, uh, it's a fun word to say. And um, it means to an extreme degree. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just a fun word. And uh, one more for the birds for, you know, if, if I say, um, you know, what, what, um, what Craig just said, he, that's for the birds, which for the birds is back in the day when everything was drawn by horse carriage and, and horses would leave what is politely called horse apples in the street the birds would alight and pick the seeds out. And so everything in that is horse shite is said to be for the birds. So um, after we hear from Godfrey, I would love to hear uh, any questions or any phrases that people in the UK have that they don't understand that Carl and I and uh, anybody else, um, were, or there's Craig, would... Uh, would be able to interpret. Now we're going to go down to deepest, darkest, darkest 
Dorset, not for Dorset phrases, but some phrases we use over here in the UK that perhaps our American and European friends don't know. So over to Godfrey. Thank you, Derek. And hello, everybody, again. And again, happy Christmas to all those who may uh, have just joined us. Um, a few phrases that I would expect the Brits to know, they may not know the derivations, um, and they are quite interesting. So the first one, uh, I could say of today, the weather outside, it's raining cats and dogs. That clearly means it's raining very heavily, but why raining cats and dogs? Well, in the 18th century, there weren't any sewers or gutters, and when it rained heavily, the streets filled up with water very, very quickly and drowned cats and dogs. And uh, the people at the time used to think that these cats and dogs were coming down from heaven. They weren't, of course, they were just drowned because the water was so swift down the streets. And there we have it, it's raining cats and dogs. The hair of the dog. Now you may know the hair of the dog. You've had a real session the night before. Uh, you are pissed, Tim. Uh, and uh, you wanna know how you can get over it. And the phrase is, well, you have the hair of the dog. Now, that may mean you have a Bloody Mary or some other concoction that the barman has made up. But actually, where did it come from? It came from the fact that if you were once upon a time bitten by a rabid dog, the cure used to be said that you cut off his tail and wiped the wound with his tail. So it was more of the same. The hair of the dog. Old Bill. We all know old Bill, but why old Bill, the policeman? Old Bill Bailey, won't you come home? The old Bailey, the central number one criminal court in London. Old Bill, old Bailey. Have you heard the expression, slung his hook? He wanted to push off quickly. He's just slung his hook. The derivation, the hook was the ship's anchor. So if you hauled up the anchor, you were away quickly. You sailed away. So slung his hook. What about the weather again? We're great on weather. It's a bit parky outside. Nobody actually knows where this really came from. But when we say it's a bit parky, we mean it's a bit cold. And people just think the it's come from if you're outside on the park and it's windswept and it's cold. You've been out on the park, it's a bit parky. An easier one maybe that we've all heard of watching television and so on, doing porridge. Do our American friends know what is meant by doing porridge? You may call it stir in America, but it's where you're in prison. You're said to be doing porridge because you had a bowl of something pretty foul to eat that was worse than porridge. Um, and there was a famous TV series over here called Porridge, which was a comedy. But doing porridge is you are in prison. Um, here's a good one. I like this one. Uh, in the cart. You're in the cart. I hope our English friends may know what that means. You're really in the um, SH1T. You're in the my, you're in the muck. You are really in trouble if you're in the cart. But the derivation is because when you went to Tyburn to be hung or executed, 
you were carried off in a cart and therefore you couldn't be in worse trouble than if you were in the cart on the way to your execution. And we've got one more between us, um, which is uh, Derek raised this and we found it a fascinating derivation. Do you want to lead on this, Derek? Well, yes, I heard this from my um, my friend who was um, who was a market trader in the in the 30s who passed away a few years ago. And uh, he used to say they're slower than Broad Street. Well, I had to ask him what slower than Broad Street meant. And he told me that the trains into Broad Street Station, which was demolished in uh, 1986, the station, were the slowest trains that you could commute on. Um, but Godfrey's found a further derivation of this. Yes, I, I'm today. always fascinated when I hear something that I've never heard before. And I had never heard that expression. So I looked it up. And um, it seems to me that the original derivation has morphed into Derek's more recent explanation, which makes sense about the transport. But originally, there was one pump in Broad Street for water. And we're going back to the early 1800s. There was an outbreak of cholera. And one very clever chap had the idea that if he took the handle off the pump, off the water pump in Broad Street, it would slow down the spread of cholera. It wouldn't stop it, but it would slow it down. So slowing down the spread of something, you're going slower than Broad Street. It was originally he took the handle off the town pump and of course that's then morphed into a more recent usage about the transport and the trains never heard that before fantastic godfrey we could uh, go on forever couldn't we with some of these expressions but we're uh, going to uh, um, just hands up uh, to uh, to the Amer my american friends anybody get more than two right one right well, Carl, you've spent too long in London. That's uh, that's uh, your that's your problem. But Godfrey, thanks for that. Can we give Godfrey the usual round of applause from Monday Night Live? Fantastic. Okay, we've got a fun session now, particularly with our American friends on, and with some of our Brits who haven't been in London. I was born a few miles away from Bow Bells. The uh, definition of a company is somebody that's born within the sound of bow bells and traditionally over the last uh, 500 years there's been a lot of cockney rhyming slang so i'm going to test you out on some of these the first one is brassic i'm brassic where did that come from brassic brassic lint meant skint i had no money number two godfrey and i are gonna have a few britneys what's a britney Britney Spears, a few beers. You Now you're getting the hang of this. Okay. I'm going to give Will a call on the dog. The dog and bone. The phone. Okay. I can't. Uh, he's uh, lost the plot a bit. You know, he's, uh, he's not using his loaf. His loaf of bread. His head. Absolutely. The next one, um, perhaps Will and Godfrey and Tim ought to get a syrup, <laughs> a syrup of figs, a wig. 
Next one. Um, I'm off for a pony. Now, I'm not sure about this one. This is uh, a bit tasteless, really. But uh, pony and trap? Crap. Now, of course, where did the word crap come from? People think it was rude, but of course it was Mr. Crapper that invented in the 1800s the sit-down toilet. And that's why it's been called a crap. Um, I'm going to have to have a butcher's at this carefully. A butcher's, butcher's hook, a look. Um, you'll like this one, Tim. He's... Um, septic he's a septic tank a yank and uh two more you mustn't he's definitely telling porkies porkies a pork pie a lie use that all was used all the time and of course i i did wonder about using this one but i will use it because it is used a lot uh, um i'm just off for a jimmy a jimmy riddle a piddle Apologies if I've upset anybody, but uh, we could go on and we'll do a few more of those. Uh, good fun. Uh, well, you've got your hand up. Is that deliberate or um, no? OK, so American friends. Did you get more than two of those? Cockney rhyming slang. No, that's uh, that's a no. OK, so uh, for those watching it on YouTube or on the negotiated podcast, please send me some more of your Cockney rhyming slang uh, in. Godfrey, you've got a quick. Uh, well, question. I, I was hoping to get it before Patricia goes, but she may have gone. But um, you said piddle. Now, down in this part of the world, and Damien will know this, uh, we have the Piddle Valley um, and it's the River Piddle. And there are two or three pubs in the Piddle Valley where you can go into the pub and ask for a scotch and piddle. <laughs> it means scotch and water, but uh, you would say scotch and piddle because you're in the Piddle Valley, the River Piddle. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> no, that's great, Godfrey. And please send in any derivations of any of these uh, uh, of these things and we'll do some more of these uh, in 2023 so uh, thanks for joining us on youtube negotiators podcast and look forward to speaking hearing from you next year